listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 438. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we take our yearly look at Hemlock Grove <laughs> for Fred from the Netherlands as part of his Patreon package. And, uh, you know, per Fred's feedback this week, uh, you know, Fred, I don't think we're going to be going uh, for 30 more years. <laughs> I, can, I think I can safely say we're, we're not going to get to the end of Hemlock Grove doing it this way. Yeah. So. Nor are we going to get to the end of it by uh, podcasting it. So I, right. I hate to and crush your I, dreams, Fred, but I think it's better that we get it out in the open now rather than giving you false hope. Yeah. Right. Now, you've seen the whole series, right? I have. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's a good series. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it all, but yeah. Um, well, anyway, um, yeah, you know, I, there's just there's I just so know. much I, out I, there, I guess. Well, there is so much out there, and and you know, one of the things, and I'll I'll talk to you about this later, you know, as, as maybe something we do at some point. I was I was looking at the Saturn Awards results for best actress, uh, you know, best lead actress, and and for for that category, it didn't really start until 1996. And going through the different categories, we, we virtually know everybody. And I think it might be fun to take a look at year by year and, and talk a little bit about it. So I'll send you the link for that. And okay. then we can kind of talk about it in the next couple of weeks. Um, and it'll probably take us about nine months to make a decision on that. Right, and, right. So. You know, <laughs> but we did come to a decision, did we not? We did. About what we're doing yeah, after. In, in, our, uh, in our roundabout way, we, we finally have. Well, you want to lay it out there? Um, sure. Our next podcast will be on Fringe. Season one. Season one. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think as we pondered that possibility over the last couple of weeks, certainly one of our arguments against doing Fringe is that, you know, Daryl and Clint did such a wonderful job with the Fringe podcast, but when you really look at it, well, season one was back in what two thousand nine, something like that. It's so a long time ago, yeah. It's been a long time, and again, to be fair, you know, for Daryl and Clint, that was their first podcast, and they were learning along the way. And, and granted, they they learned very quickly, but I think we have a lot we can say, and and maybe we'll resurrect the spoiler zone. As we did for, I don't remember what show or shows we uh, did that. Yeah, where, you, know, you know, where we won't spoil until the end, and then we'll talk about how some of the things that we see in this episode will become important later. Yeah, well, and so. to to that advantage, it's been so long since, at least for me, since I've seen Fringe. Like while there's like some you know big uh, you know plot points, obviously that I remember. There's probably like. A bazillion little ones that I, I really won't recall, um, but but yeah, we're gonna have to figure out a way to deal with spoilers. We obviously can't go at it pretending that we've never seen it before because we we totally have, um, right? You know that that is a, a great um, point about because you know Daryl and Clint. I mean their their podcast is iconic. You know that that's like maybe the first podcast I actually really uh, listened to and got into. You know, we're not going to listen to their podcast as we're doing this. So, you know, what we say, but also on the other hand, we did listen to it back in the day. So, I can't say that things that I think about Fringe is not in some way colored 
by a memory of, of something that I heard on on their podcast. So, um, you know, if we run across an issue like that, you say, "Oh, that's what you know." Daryl and Clint said, "Well, I'm just like, well, yeah, I was listening to them, so that's probably rallying around my brain." I'm not. Pur- we're not purposefully trying to uh, steal from them or their ideas, uh, but it's just. You know, I, I think it's only natural that things that we heard on their podcast are going to be things that we say when talking about Fringe. But I still think it's worthwhile to go back and visit, revisit the show, you know, because things have changed since, you know, like we're older. The world is different. You know, there's there's things that we can see in Fringe now that we're, we have a different perspective on it now, I think. Yeah, and your memory must be better than mine because I I know I don't remember anything Daryl and Clint said. I do remember, though, that for a time they had a female co-host that I don't know if she came on every week or just some weeks, and I don't remember her name. But as you said, we're not going to go back and listen to uh, to that. I, I but, think it was uh, like kind of like what we do with Fred. I think that they – didn't they like kind of let give her the mic at the end, I think, maybe? Ah, you know what? You're right. I do remember that, but I, I can't remember how they worked that, though. So Yeah, but uh, so anyway, we will be taking a look at Season 1, Episode 1 of Fringe next week. And if you want to contact us with some episode feedback about Fringe, uh, you know, anything else going on in your genre, TV world, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. And as I mentioned last week, the Twitter account is gone. All right. What I'm watching now in my notes, I had that I finished series 13 of Doctor Who. That's not quite true because I haven't gotten to see the sixth episode yet, but I am still loving it. You know, wanted to bring up in in this segment that, of course, this is going to be Jodie Whittaker's final run as the doctor. But there are going to be three specials. The first of which is going to air on New Year's Day. Yeah. The second is slated for early 2022, whatever that means. Does that mean March? Does that mean February? Who knows? And then the final regeneration episode is going to air in late 2022. Again, is that November, December, whatever? But uh, apparently they've all been filmed. They're all, you know, whether or not they're all edited or not, I don't know, but... They've all been filmed, so she is done with her run as Doctor Who, and and I can't wait to see episode six. I may try and get to that tonight, but yeah, same here. No, I, I haven't because uh, Sunday night, my my daughter's field hockey team was practicing till uh, nine thirty at night, so um, mm-hmm. so I didn't watch anything. And then the Bills were on last night, and I had to watch that, so. Uh, Sunday night, I just went up in the bed and pulled the covers over my head and just rolled up in a fetal position. Yeah. And that, that was it. So. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I, I got to see two teams that I like, uh, you know, completely blow a game. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. All right. Well, anyway, what, what are you watching besides football? Um, well, football. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so I had two of my, you know, shows I really enjoy on Netflix, um, both dropped new seasons pretty much at the same time. So I was kind of in a quandary. Uh, the first one, I'll go like chronological. So Lost in Space season three came out. And I thought, well, you know, I'll go back because Lost in Space is a, you know, I, I like, I, the sh- it comes out, I binge the season, and then that's it. So it was probably, I think it was like January of 2019 was when season two came out. 
And uh, so I didn't really remember. So I started watching season two. Well, I got like two episodes in the season two, and Netflix drops La Casa de Papel, a.k.a. Money Heist, uh, which is their, the second half of series five, which is the end of the series. And Dave, you got to watch Money Heist, dude. You just, you, you gotta, you would love it. Mary, I think Mary would like it. It is so freaking good. I, oh my God. Like at first, cause I was, I had my doubts. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, lost the space. But I started, you know, the minute I started watching the new episodes, I'm like, oh my God, this show, <laughs> this show, man, it is, it is just, ah, just and everything they just do really, really well. The acting's great. The, the stories are tight. Uh, lots of suspense, lots of action, lots of character and drama and everything you could want in the, in the series, you know, it's, it's got. So I, I can't recommend it uh, enough. You should definitely, if you have not seen Money Heist, stop whatever you're watching and go watch it now. All right. Well, I'll mention it to her. We're, uh, again, caught up in our international crime dramas. So. It's an international mm-hmm. crime drama, dude. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. I will mention it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, this is as a no-brainer a suggestion as I've ever given you. Like, this is, okay. this is guaranteed. Okay. Uh, now, I, I will say the last guarantee, it took me a while to get to, but the Americans. Yeah. And yeah. So, I wasn't wrong, right? Anyway. No, you were not yeah. wrong. And I also told you, you know, Lost Kingdom was another one that I, I gave my gold stamp to. And, you know, I think that's one you also enjoyed. Oh, my God. We're, we're, now I can't remember the show. We just got finished watching. And I'm looking at the actress and I'm like, where do I know her? Where do I know her? Well, she's in season four of Lost Kingdom. Um, God, I can't remember her name. She had long red hair, like in a big braid, this big thick braid. Uh, I can't remember her name, that character or the actress. But anyway, um, all right. Why don't we get to Hemlock Grove here? Yeah. Season one, episode four, titled In Poor Taste, written by Sheila Callaghan, directed by David Semmel, aired April 19th, 2013. And I guess this dropped all at once back on Netflix in 2013. I guess that's where it dropped initially, because as Fred points out in his feedback, this does seem, I don't think he uses the word setup episode, but it drops a lot of little story tidbits here and there but nothing really gets pushed forward all of that much as as fred points out he's seen episode five so he he knows what leaps are are made but you know i think for me my favorite character is still dr chasseur and then of course her interaction with Sheriff Sworn, and of course I'm doing my Battlestar Galactica yeah, yeah. To rewatch. So how many so times I, I know in my why notes? those are your favorite characters, right? And in my notes all the time I'm putting all right, the Chief and Duala. I, I mean Shasur and Sworn. But <laughs> uh, you know, her suspicions about Peter continue to grow in this episode. So obviously that's a storyline that's that's going to become important I would think as as the episode moves on. But P- 
Peter and Roman, they're still looking for, is it called a, a Vargolf or Varwolf or? Vargol, I think maybe. Yeah. But uh, the devil dog <laughs> or yeah. whatever they're, they're calling it. Um, well, as, is, as Leafy says, like, it's like, well, if it does exist, what are you two going to do when you find it? You know, you're like, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it, is Peter going to wolf out on him? Uh, you know, yeah, we don't, maybe. I mean, I don't know whether or not we've learned how much control he has over his wolf at this point. So and you know maybe i missed it maybe we found you know obviously this is the the fourth year we we've done these for fred so it might be something that we we do already learned but i, I don't remember that but you know the one storyline that that i think takes up more of the episode than anything is the one with dr shasor and sheriff sworn and and uh you know we see that interview with francis pullman about his contention that he saw the demon dog attack and, and it was peter and of course, everybody except Shasor thinks he's nuts, and he's in some kind of lunatic asylum, right? That, that's what yeah, he, well, right. Cause yeah, it's just, uh, Norman is working with him, right? So, um, right, right, Doctor Norman Godfrey, and uh, again, for somebody like me that hasn't seen the entire series, you certainly get the impression and the feeling that that people like him know a hell of a lot more then they're letting on and and of course you know they can't for whatever reason so i don't know if that's the case with uh norman at this point but you know we know she believes there's some truth to uh what he said and and you know one of the things about this show that i do like is that it never really takes itself too seriously and as he's describing the attack, the demon dog went right for her lady part first. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, he says snatch first. Like, oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, and then, you know, then, right. Then he elaborates to make clear what he meant by that word. It wasn't the, like, snatch and grab. Right. Unless you're talking about Donald Trump. Yeah, um, well. <laughs> um, now, Norman suggests she check out the White Tower as a possible source of whatever it is that Francis saw. And, I mean, is the White Tower, is that something we've already encountered? Again, it sounds like one of these government black op organizations that, that you know, may I, provide. I, I, I think it's Godfrey Industries. Oh, okay. I okay. think. Like, you know. This this was the one. Like, this is the first year that we've done this. That I'm like, you know, maybe I should have gone back and watched the first three to remind me of of what uh, exactly is going. You know, I went back and read my notes uh, for the previous three, but I'm like, uh, you know. So, um, but if if I if I remember correctly, which I am very likely not, I believe that the White Tower was the the lab at Godfrey Industries. Okay. And, and again, there is something sinister about Godfrey Industries, you know, the, the fact that they basically control this town. You know, again, it, it takes us back to Ragnarok and, and uh, you know, the Udall Industries that, that controls that town. And, of course, there's something sinister behind all of that. Um, but in the uh, spirit of, again, not taking things too seriously, Shasur meets the sheriff to investigate this giant turd that uh. might might be relevant. 
And, you know, she extracts the hair, got to send it out for analysis. I'm almost surprised. And she does show him the little mobile lab she's got set up in her truck. And, and of course, he's duly impressed by it. But she suspects it's female. And, of course, he's like, wow, how can you tell that? Well, it's really long. Yeah, six (laughs) inches long, she says. Right. And then she asks him out for a drink. And, you know, again, as we see how their relationship is progressing here, we get a sense right away. There's some ulterior motive aside from sex or, or something like, or is there, you know? Well, the, yeah, yeah, you'll know, you know, yeah, chief right, is right. a fine looking male specimen, but. Well, oh yeah, yeah. But she <laughs> seems really fixated on, you know, this creature because well, that's she's her fixated thing. on death. It seems like she brings up death like a lot. Well, yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. And, and, but, um, and, but you know, like even like the sheriff mentions like fish and wildlife. Really? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well that was so, that was the only truck i could get at, at the moment's yeah, notice. so yeah, at, the, at the, the bad guy headquarters or whatever yeah right but but you know you mentioned that that she's preoccupied with death and then you know well she wants to exhume the body of is it brooke's body i can't remember yeah well i mean the girl who was killed the the, 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 the willoughby oh the second right 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 because the medical examiner apparently screwed up the autopsy, doesn't have any usable hair samples, and, and uh, you know, we're trying to figure out, well, what's she going to do? Go dig the body up in the middle of the night in secret? Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that other side story that's kind of going on with Christina and his daughters is kind of compelling, too, and we'll get to that in a second. And we, we see him looking at the photos of his daughters on his phone, and, and just that comment he utters what the hell is going on in this town which c- kind of sums up the whole series to this point what is going on in the town who the hell knows uh, really i mean at this point but after enough drinks like any man he'll agree to do anything and <laughs> the chief and duala are at it again see there i couldn't help myself there what about the sheriff falling in the grave predictable oh my god well, they, I mean, that the whole scene uh, before with, you know, Peter cutting open the, the you know, I mean, the, the, there was only a part of a corpse in the first place, and they sewed her back up, and, you know, then he cuts back into her and pulls out her intestines. That was just very, very difficult to watch, and you think it's not going to get any worse, and then the chief trips and falls on top of it, and, and like, oh, it just got worse, like... Like yeah. not worse, like it's a bad thing. It just it was like so like over the top, like gory and just gross. Like well, right, and, and of course she's completely dispassionate while he's freaked out. Yeah, she, she says a little prayer over the body and then takes the hair and scalp sample. We thought she was just going to grab a couple hair strands, but uh, nope, it got yeah. the got the skin as well. And, and then he gets home. And his daughters are asleep. Christina's staying with him uh, at this point, and she's, of course, still up. A- again, four, I don't know what they're supposed to be, 15 years old, something like that, 15, yeah, 16, like maybe. That, yeah. And she tells him she accepts all the horrible things in her life as material for her career as a novelist, ever the pragmatist. Yeah, right, and right. Th- there's a lot to really love about her character, of course, because mm. she is 
No, you don't like her, huh? I can't remember whether she's already done stuff to make her unlikable or, or if that happens down the line. So, But I remember she becomes, if she's not already, she becomes a, a wholly unlikable character. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's difficult to say that I like her because she's so weird, because that could apply to so many characters in this series at, at this point. But, you know, we, we finally get to that, that one shot where Shasur calls the sheriff. She's examined the hair sample. It is, in fact, male. And we see her holding a picture of Peter. So we know that's where she's been already. I think it was the last episode where she basically comes right out and asks him if he's a werewolf. And basically, talk- she, she does. Yeah. <laughs> she and, directly and, asks him if he's a werewolf. So. And talks about him being hairy, which he really isn't. But, uh, you know, in no. his well, not- you know, he's got long hair and he's doesn't shave all the time so he's obviously some kind of troublemaker but th- there's actually a connection between those two as well because <clears throat> you mentioned with the corpse how i couldn't hear what she said over the course b- before she cut the hair off of it but uh you know peter also before he cuts into it he, he says you don't deserve this which isn't quite a prayer but it's still an acknowledgement of the the the, the body and of the the person who used to who you know what what it used to be when it was a person and everything, um, so I you know, I saw that that, that yeah, just another thing that kind of connects those two that this isn't for for neither of them is this like titillating or you know exciting. This is something they feel they have to do, and they you know go out of the way to like kind of show. Their respect to the uh, to, to the the, uh, the corpse. All right. Well, Christina, you know, we see her a little bit. I mentioned that, that she's staying with the Sworn family. Alexa and Alyssa are, are asleep, but they wake up when Christina starts talking out loud because she's having a nightmare about a werewolf. And and again, the thing with Christina, we never know what is real and what what is just a fantasy a nightmare uh, you know whatever but you know we know she fancies herself a novelist and of course at her age what what, what could she possibly have to really say but well, apparently quite, quite a bit quite a bit right but but she recounts finding the body and it admits she's highly medicated as, as you know she and the twins listen to slutty summer mix, right? <laughs> yeah. Where do I get a copy, dude? Yeah, that's what every every dad's joy to, to oh, find my God. something like that right. in the daughter's room. But uh, she starts snooping around the bedroom. And are, are we supposed to make anything of her concentration and attention at the map of the U.S.? And, and I guess those are all the places they've been as a family. So I don't know if that's meaningful will become meaningful again we've said many times that they didn't put it there for no reason but i don't know this show well enough to know whether i can trust the writers right and and i i can't remember either but you know clearly i think there's a couple things going there well one um you know the sheriff's mother mother wife the mother the twin's mother is is dead so is does that have something to do with it or is it just 
you know, Christina's longing for a family, right? Like, you know, Norm, Norman's her dad, right? And, yeah. you know, like he's basically shoved her off on the, you know, on the sheriff so he can do what he has to do. So, and we get a feeling that you know, is unlikely the first time that this has happened. So, you know, is this just her longing to have a relationship with her dad, like the twins clearly have with, with their dad. And, and I mean, there are so many interrelated relationships going on. And while I certainly really love Duala and the chief Roman and Peter may be my favorite. Um, when I say couple, obviously they're not a romantic couple, but, right. but they are connected. It's a bromance. In the, yeah. Bromance in, in the series. And I love the fact that they still act like they, dislike each other when they're in public and then as soon as they're away from everybody then they're back okay here's the plan here's what we're going to do and 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 they really do seem to have each other's back and we do get this awkward meeting between letha and peter and then of course roman drives the four of them home shelly sits in the back letha well, it's, sitting it's on Peter's awkward lap. because she had a dream basically yeah. and she was right about to have sex with him when right. she snapped out of it, but yet she's never met him. And you know, like, you know, she kind of, for, it's, it's not awkward for Peter, but it's awkward for her. And it's awkward for us. Cause we know about her dream, but Peter doesn't know about it probably. Right. Cause that's the opening scene of the episode, right? Right. right? She's on the school bus. And, and apparently it, it is so real to her that uh, apparently the other students on the bus are kind of eavesdropping on what <laughs> what she's uh, doing there. That's one good dream she was having. Yeah, no kidding. I hate waking up from those types of dreams. Yeah, but you're like uh, ah, right before I was about to get some. Now I get woken now, up. You kidding me? Right now, the other really intriguing and compelling story, even though we really don't see anything, what is Roman's cousin gonna do with these intestines? Now that they've gotten them, so I so I know we got to kind of back up uh, to that, but you know, yeah, and that brings up a, a point because the the actress who plays Destiny, Peter's cousin, is has a big party on Letterkenny. She plays Tannis in Letterkenny, and she's awesome. And I was really hoping she was going to be in this episode, but she totally wasn't. So that's like a big bummer for me. Yeah, and, and of course, in the middle of the night. Peter and Roman decide they're going to dig up the grave and we get the, the flashback scenes. You know, you mentioned uh, the preoccupation with, with death and, and certainly he's got you know, th- this preoccupation, at least in the sense that he's giving the viewer, you know, information about how his people approach death and burial. You have to cut off the head. And then of course, af- you know, he, he, finishes with that story they get to the coffin uh, they get to the body and then peter cuts into her torso removes several feet of intestines which he places in a mason type jar which Mm -hmm. i thought was a nice touch and like i said we don't know what his cousin's going to do with them but it's promises to be nasty i'll i'll figure that's a given also a little tidbit of information um, as they're taking, Roman uh, talks about his his dad's funeral, right? And apparently, he was the one who found his dad. His dad committed suicide, and uh, Roman is a, Roman uh, you know, was the first one to. 
Right, which is obviously super traumatic, right? And then he says, the second funeral I went to was Shelley's. And I was like, oh, what what did you say? Like, because the last you know, the last time I saw Shelly was like walking around and alive. Like, so, so that's a big WTF moment. Like, like, wait, what? And and Peter doesn't for some reason Peter doesn't really question on that at the time either. And I think it's just like I don't even because I've seen this before. I don't know if I ever realized that that line was in there. Until this time. It's just, he says it so quickly and kind of slides it under the radar. I think it's easily missed. And I just heard this time because I was like, wait, what the, what did he just say? So now is there a level of prescience that works its way into the story? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's, well, I mean, I kind of know. Cause I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't remember what the deal was. I, I, I did look it up in the Hemlock Grove wiki. So, oh, okay. um but just to make sure it wasn't something I'd missed. It's not something we'd missed already, but it's, yeah. It's, well, clearly it's easy to miss because I missed it as well. And, and granted, uh, you know, I don't have the, you know, the, the history with the show that you do, but still. And then, of course, the Godfrey family chaos that's going on and, and uh, you know, that uncomfortable Godfrey family breakfast where mom makes it clear that, that she mm-hmm. sees Peter and his family as unacceptable trash and Roman, you know, gives back and insults his mother. I'm, I think this is a scene, and Fred mentions it in his feedback. Uh, you need to get some batteries for your vibrator, Mom, and, and uh, you know, just back off a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen this hostility between the two families kind of uh, boiling as the series has gone on. But it does seem to be more pronounced on the Godfrey side rather than uh, Peter's side of the family. So... You know, it's almost like Peter's mom is just cool to sit back and and wait to do whatever. And 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 you know the deal. What's the deal with the eye drops? Yeah, I don't know. And, and Olivia. And, and and again, does Peter's mom manufacture these eye drops? And is Olivia somehow getting them from her through an intermediary? You know, and then I, I think it's Peter that says, why don't you just give them to her? Says, what would be the fun in that? <laughs> and, you know, just the, the, this hostility between the two. I mean, where's it going to go? I mean, again, with, with Peter and Roman being tightly connected at this point, and, and it looks like they're drawing uh, Roman's cousin into the mix as well. So will the adults have their own little war going on while the kids are doing their thing. And how is this all going to, and, and, and I guess that's one of the issues I still have with the show is that I don't really know what it's about. I don't know really what the end game is at this point. And, and you might say, well, Dave, it's four episodes into the first right. season. Be patient. And, and, yes. and I get that. So you know, is it uh, you know about the discovery of self that okay I'm a werewolf I've got to figure out what that means I've got to figure out you know how I'm going to operate within the context of polite society and and the same for Roman who who is Uper and uh, you know is he going through the same crisis of identity he doesn't seem to be as much as peter but 
he very well may be. I, well, I, don't, I think I don't what know. we have is is two young people who actually are pretty comfortable with who they are in their own skin and everything, but who are you know we we can see with each episode. I think we see more and more that outside forces are kind of closing in on them. You know, we yeah. have this relationship between Peter and Roman that seems great. I mean, and I agree with you. That was my favorite part of the show was, and I think I've said it on here before. There's probably some recording of me somewhere back in the sands of time. I said how I love the parts with, you know, Peter and Roman playing like boy detectives, right? Those were the best. So it, it, it kind of reminds me of like Supernatural, right? Like that relationship between... I said Sam and Dave. It's not uh, <laughs> Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean, right? That was, you know is obviously central to the show. So you know, I think that's that that's a big part of it. But there are these strong outside forces that you know we can see that these forces are going to come to bear on them, and it's yeah. tough because their families themselves are opposite ends of the spectrum. We have that scene where Olivia is just watching Linda uh, steal stuff in the store. And she can see her in the mirror, and you know you can see this scowl of disapproval on her face, and you know you know she's thinking, oh, just like these people to steal. Well, of course, it's never she's never had to because you know she's Olivia Godfrey. What does she have to worry about? What does she have to scrounge to save or to to struggle for? Right? She's she's super wealthy, so her judgment, and then Linda just kind of like her blithely like, I don't care. You know, like, I don't know if she knows that Olivia was watching her. I think to some degree, I think that she does, you know, think, realize that Olivia watched her steal that. But I think also she just doesn't care at all. Well, it even begs the question, did she do it knowing that she would see her and that she wanted to see her? And I mean, at the end, it's she says it's on, bitch. Now, I, I don't think Olivia necessarily hears her say that. But of course, we hear and. Again, it goes back to what I was saying. You know, the adults have their thing going on, and the kids have their thing going on, and and uh, you know, outside those, those two things are gonna. Are, we know those two things are gonna are gonna meet. They're gonna they're gonna you know. There's gonna be a, definitely a, a conflict there between those those two um, things that are happening. Right now, now Shelley continues to be kind of this this interesting character and and her voiceover controls the scene now does she not talk is that what the deal is yes okay so when she types it it you know has converts to audio and all of that we've got that little uh you know messaging going back and forth with her uncle but that she and roman are grabbing coffee from jenny who apparently has had a sexual relationship with roman and and she doesn't offer any specifics, but implies a horrendous ending may be difficult to avoid. And it's like, okay, it's like, we know it's a small town, but apparently everybody knows everybody and everybody knows more than they're letting on. So it's almost like you need to get everybody together and one by one, everybody stand up and tell what it is, you know, and then let's, let's take all this information and and figure out what's going on. We do know that Letha is pregnant. We learned that, I don't know if it was last yeah. episode or the episode before that. And now Olivia is telling Dr. Price to build an obstetric department. Well, we don't need, just build it or I'll find somebody that will. Yeah. And, and of course, it's like, what's Norman going to say? And she doesn't care uh, right. at, at this point, but what the hell is he growing under that glass? Some, some sort of a 
glass cylinder kind of rounded at the top. I mean, I have no idea what he's growing under there. But, but again, you know, uh, mad scientist could possibly be a label that would be appropriate here at, the, at this point. The final scene with her where she's messaging Uncle Norman, she's worried about Christina and, and all of that. You know, and, and you can't help, certainly as English teachers, you can't help but notice her extremely formal, somewhat stilted written language skills. Uh-huh. And I don't know what's up about that. But then she tells him, today I've seen the dragon. Okay, that's, that's all you're giving me, I guess. So what does that mean? Because we don't know what she's seen when we're not around her, but you know, all, all the times that we've been around her, I mean, is she referring to Peter or Roman as the dragon? I don't know. She's got yeah, her well, uncle's yeah. attention well, well, with that. Also, is it, is it that what, is that the thing they're chasing, right? Is this, well, right. This dragon, whatever. Um, yeah, like I, uh, I'm sure we we might have said it last year, but just I guys every time I see Joel De La Fuente, I mean he, he's great in Hemlock Grove, but Inspector Keto in Man in the High Castle, just absolutely amazing. Like, yeah, God. I can't get my wife. I mean, I, I've seen season one, and and I hope to get Did her you, interested what? in it. And, you haven't seen uh, the rest of it yet. I haven't yet. Uh, well, my <laughs> wife expressed interest. Dave, Dave. Well, see, unlike oh. you, unlike you, I'm not willing to cheat on my wife. So, oh, um, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she expressed interest, and we got about three episodes in, and it's like, well, you want to watch something else right now? So, so I haven't gone back yet. But uh, anyway, uh, anything else about this episode of Hemlock Grove? Well, I just like so. I mean, again, like that connection with Peter and Roman when they they dig up the grave and they, they see the coffin, they both go like shit and then like you know like the other one says the exact same thing that was really uh funny that you know again but showing that connection you know really this really great part of it is is to lily tyler in the cowboy hat yes please uh yeah (laughs) well you know there's a lot of twin peaks elements uh to this show which i kind of like so you know there's certainly a david lynch feel to this show for sure that that's a great point yeah i never really thought about that but now that you say it, i'm like yeah that's so true yeah absolutely well it's just weird like twin peaks and and not Blue not eraser head weird but right <laughs> um uh, like what was that um I don't know. anyway i mean it's movies and it's tv shows they're all like one of the main th- you know things about it. it's just like super weird stuff are are happening in there and so yeah yeah, for sure. You got to be okay. able to embrace the weirdness to to appreciate this show. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, you want to get to Fred's feedback? Sure. We will be right back after listening to Fred. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Hemlock Grove season one, episode four, and my Patreon choice. Yeah. Every year I think I should choose something else, but all the time I fall back to Hamlet Grove because I really want Dave and Wayne to do this series and this is the only way. But as said in the previous podcast about Foundation, if we go on in this pace, we will end up in 2047 and I will be 86 years old. 
Well, if we reach that point, I will be happy. But perhaps it's an idea to do every year two episodes. Okay, we can discuss that in 14 months, because that's more or less the pace in which we do this. Uh, The first time you did the premiere in 2016... And then in 2018, I asked it as my Patreon choice, and we did it in March. And um, in 2019, we did it in June. So that was a little bit more than one year. And that episode was quite special, because I was completely in the episode. We did that via Skype or other means, I don't remember. Actually, I listened back to the first 15 minutes of that podcast episode, and the interaction was quite uh, nice, actually. Normally, when I say something, I will get an answer a week later, and vice versa. And then in 2020, we did it in October. And now we are in December, so that's 14 months. And talking about two episodes at a time, I really was thinking that this episode was containing quite some stuff, but didn't bring the series as a whole so much further. So it's a little slow paced in that sense. And two episodes probably would be better. I really had the urge to watch the next episode and make some conclusions there. Of course, I do know what happened in the next episode, and especially the combination of episode 4 and 5 would be nice, because we see now Peter and Roman get these intestines from the grave, and in the next episode they will bring it to Peter's cousin, and then some stuff happens there. I'm not going to spoil that, of course, but in, in that way, this episode and the next one would fit very nicely together. When we see in this episode Olivia taking these eye drops or eye drugs, uh, that of course reminds of Beforeigners, one of the other series you did a podcast about. And I wonder if this is just a drug for her or it has something to do with her surroundings. Because you see, when she opens her drawer and she looks at this file, she is doubting, as many drug users, should I take it, shouldn't I take it? And then she looks around and gets scared somehow or something like that. She hears something, sees something or experiences kind of fear. And then she does take the drug. So what is this perhaps fear? Or is there something supernatural there? The interaction between her and Linda Romanchik will be quite interesting because she is the power woman, but on the other hand, Linda has some kind of power over her through these drugs, which she obviously cannot get in another way than via this romantic family. Interesting interactions are, of course, also between Roman and his mother, Olivia. Very strange mother-son relationship, but this Roman is, is weird anyhow. When his mother is annoying him with questions about Peter, he just says, shut up and get batteries for your vibrator or something like that. Something interesting and peculiar is, of course, the pregnancy of Lita Godfrey. Kind of Holy Spirit impregnation, whatever. Very, very strange. I wonder how many episodes it will take to get that more or less resolved, if ever. Also, the Christina Wendell story is interesting. She's a weird girl, but she has some insights, powers, whatever. 
becoming also clear when she's talking to the police officer in which is house he, she is staying that he says sometime talking to you i really doubt who is the adult here i had a nitpick about her dream because she was kept there on a the bed by several people and then got an injection while well, the way that needle went into the arm is awfully wrong but you see that more often in in series they just don't do it as they should do it but on the other hand you could argue that it's a dream of that christina girl and this is just the way she thinks you get an injection well i think we all know how you get an intramuscular injection now or all perhaps not enough people okay other discussion also interesting is the relationship between tom sworn uh, the police officer and Clementine, who is doing the investigations on this whole thing. And she also has an interesting background. Uh, she told in this episode that she had a military background to this psychiatric disturbed guy, Francis Pullman. Okay, many, many interesting storylines and intriguing puzzles, but sadly my time is up. Would ask for a full season podcast or something. Um, okay, thank you very much for this treat. And till next year. Well, as far as Hemlock Grove. Okay, greetings. All the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, I, as I said, I'm intrigued by Roman's cousin and what she plans to do with the intestines. All right, dude, it's Peter's cousin. You keep saying Roman's cousin. I, I mean, Roman's cousin. Oh, oh Peter's Peter. cousin. I don't know why I wrote that in my notes. Yes, Peter's cousin. Right. Every time I try to correct you, every time you said it, I'm like, oh, man. Um, Roman's cousin is Letha. Right. But right. but she's not going to get the intestine. It's uh, uh, she's not. Destiny she's got other who, problems. Get, right. get she's, got a de- she's got to deal with her angel baby. Right. So, she's got an angel uh, baby that she's got. But I do love the connection Fred brings up with the eye drops and be foreigners, which is a show that I just loved. I can't wait to get season two. I, I meant to start searching to see how far along they are with season two and you know when we might get to see that drop at some point, but that was a cool connection. Um, and, you know, again, Fred mentions that, that Letha's pregnancy doesn't get much attention in this episode other than, you know, Olivia demanding that an obstetric wing be, be built at, at the uh, headquarters, but... Uh, they, they throw a lot out at us in this episode, and I think there are 13 episodes in season one, and then I think it's 10 in season two and 10 in season three. So they got a lot of time to develop some of these storylines for sure. All right. Anything about Fred's feedback you want to mention? Yeah, a lot of it we, we talked about during the yeah. episode and everything. Um, like I, I agree with him that there's, you know, there, there's a lot going on in this episode that like plays out later and i think that's one of the things and this is it's just one of the first shows that i remember watching that was actually made to be binged you know sure. where it's not where the the demarcations for each episode are really they can almost randomly be done like each story doesn't necessarily tell a a, a complete encapsulated story it's a 13 episode movie you know or whatever and i don't I doubt this is the absolute first show that did, because I think House of Cards 
was out before this, and I think they, maybe they were doing, but I don't even know if that's the first. But so even though it's not, it was certainly an early thing where at the time we're not used to this really, you know, this idea for television of, of having a show that drops at one time and you really have to watch the entire thing almost at once because it, it's, it all goes together. It's not, you know, broken up in episodes. And yeah. so, um, so, so yeah, definitely we can see that as, as there's, there's stuff happening in this episode that um, really don't, like I said, the comment about Shelley, I have no idea what that means. But I assume that by episode 13, they're probably we're going to get some revelations to what Roman meant when he said that. All right. Sounds good. Um, you want to assign this one a letter grade or, or since it's a. Uh, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I, I, it's uh, maybe if it's it's uh, it's it's Fred's call, maybe let Fred draw. I don't know. Well, we always give it letter grades, though, don't we? Yeah, so I'll, give it, I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. I said B plus, but yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. Well, Fred, thank you for your support, and uh, thank you for chiming in with the feedback, as always. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Foundation, Hemlock Grove, uh, the upcoming Fringe that we're going to cover. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is how you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 1, Episode 1 of Fringe, titled Pilot. But until then... You know, Dave, I actually went back and listened to uh, last week's episode of, of our podcast. And I really am wondering, uh, were you under the influence of alcohol or narcotics that night? Hmm.